Warning, the following message may be offensive to some audiences. These audiences may include, but are not limited to, professing Christians who never read their Bible, sissies, sodomites, men with man buns, those who approve of men with man buns, man bun enablers, white knights for men with man buns, homemakers who have finished Netflix but don't know how to meal plan, and people who refer to their pets as fur babies. Viewer discretion is advised. People are tired of hearing nothing but doom and despair on the radio. The message of Christianity is that salvation is found in Christ alone, and any who reject Christ, therefore, forfeit any hope of salvation, any hope of heaven. The issue is that humanity is in sin, and the wrath of Almighty God is hanging over our heads. They will hear his words, they will not act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment, when the fires of wrath come, they will be consumed and they will perish. God wrapped himself in flesh, condescended, and became a man, died on the cross for sin, was resurrected on the third day, has ascended to the right hand of the Father, where he sits now to make intercession for us. Jesus is saying there is a group of people who will hear his words, they will act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment come in that final day, their house will stand. Welcome to Bible Bash, where we aim to equip the saints for the works of ministry by answering the questions you're not allowed to ask. We're your hosts, Harrison Kerrig and Pastor Tim Mullet, and today we'll seek to answer the age-old question, what is a pastor? Now, before we, we get started on this, in my mind, what's really a just a silly question that we even have to sit here for an hour and talk about this, Tim, but uh, before, before we get into all that, I wanted to just start out by saying... Uh, happy Father's Day. You know, uh, for everyone else, this is going to be the day after Father's Day, but we're recording this uh, Sunday night. So I wanted to go ahead and take that chance and tell you Happy Father's Day and, and just ask you a little bit, what what did you guys end up uh, uh, doing today to yeah. celebrate? Yeah, thank you. You too, man. It's your first one? like, uh, Or is this your second? I can't remember. Um, this is the the second one, yeah. Second I one? guess te- technically the third, but the second since Priscilla's been born. Oh, got it, got it. Yeah, we oh, we had a good time. Went to church, um, went swimming my dad's house after that, so it was fun. Wore the same shirt as every other guy <laughs> in our yeah, church. Yeah, yeah, that was a little bit <laughs> odd, but... Um. <laughs> for, the, for those of you who don't know... Um, uh, at our church, all of the wives ended up um, conspiring against all of all of their husbands, and <laughs> every, all the wives bought the same exact, um, you know, white button-down shirt, and then told their husband, you know, here's a here's a get a shirt for Father's Day. You should wear it today. And so all the all the guys wore it, and everyone walked in, and we were all wearing the same exact shirt. <laughs> she, yeah, I had to wear the shirt, and it wasn't really shirt that i would normally wear and so yeah. but then i had to kind of think about like reacting well to the gift you know because it was my father <laughs> <laughs> but then i was all right, all i was right. relieved put on a I, smile put on a smile <laughs> i was relieved when i figured out it was a joke you know it was a joke yeah, yeah but uh, yeah yeah I, I had a similar my my wife she um she she ended up telling me ahead of time that that was what was happening and so I, I knew going in, um, mm. but yeah, it definitely wasn't a shirt that is typically, um, you know, the trademark uh, Harrison style. <laughs> so, um, 
but but it, it was funny got a laugh out of it um i got to i got to go out and um i bought a i bought a gun yesterday and so i got to go out and and try that out today for a little bit yeah i i must have been listening to our our last uh podcast episode on on yep. guns because i was moved to go out and, and buy one so um well, we so had, we had hamburgers, fun. so there's nothing that's more American than eating hamburgers and shooting guns. Hamburgers. And shooting hamburgers guns. and shooting guns. Apparently, yeah. so we had a very but, uh, American Father's Day. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. It was pretty fun. So the, the, only, thing, the only thing that stunk about it was I, I bought 50 rounds, and I burned through that in no time at all. Yeah. That was nothing. So, But anyways, yeah, I just wanted to take a moment and, and say Happy Father's Day, acknowledge that, but... Um, so, all right, the top, the topic question for today is what is a pastor, which for some people might feel like that's kind of coming out of left field, but I'll fill you in on the, the reasoning behind doing this episode behind asking this question. So, uh, this last week, the, uh, SBC annual, um, convention met in Anaheim, California, and really one of the big sort of. Um, events that happened was there was a specific committee that had been put together last year and was tasked with really investigating uh, a specific church, Saddleback Church, which I think was founded in Anaheim, California. They're in California somewhere. I, I don't know if it is Anaheim or not, but they're in California. And this committee was put together to investigate uh, Saddleback Church uh, and Rick Warren, the head pastor to determine whether or not they should be disfellowshipped from the SBC, which is a pretty big deal, uh, especially considering, you know, how lax it seems like the SBC is sometimes with uh, who they let who they let stay in the denomination. So um, it was a pretty big deal that they were being investigated, and the reason they were being investigated was because many had alleged that they no longer were in agreement with the Baptist faith and message. 2000 um specific yeah not alleged it's just they're not (laughs) well right right and you're being polite (laughs) i'm being polite i'm being generous here uh i'm I'm not giving away the whole (laughs) the whole episode (laughs) before we get to it but yeah so so they're not in alignment with it uh and specifically why they're not in alignment with it is because they or they actually ordained i think two maybe maybe more than two but i think it was at least two um, uh, female pastors at their church. And this isn't like a, you know, they're, they're, um, you know, like women, you know, um, over women's ministry or something there. I think they're just, they're just women like pastors, the same as any, any other pastor in their church. Um, and so they were being investigated for this. Uh, and so the committee, they came back and they were ready to give their report and essentially, what they said in the report was basically we can't come to a conclusion yet because we don't feel comfortable um, uh, defining what a pastor is specifically. So our recommendation is that we put together another committee that is now going to study and determine what the term pastor actually means, which is <laughs> – <laughs> which uh it got um not exactly the most favorable response uh from everyone 
at the convention, especially Al Mohler, which I thought was a little surprising um, that he was so outspoken about this. I was glad he was, though, uh, because this this is a pretty big deal. And so, so essentially, the, I guess all of that to say, the way that it kind of came off was the SBC is essentially suggesting that they aren't quite sure, or at least, you know, the ones who are, who are at the head of the convention, uh, they are not sure what the actual definition of pastor is, especially as it relates to the Baptist faith, the message 2000. So, well, I believe him. You, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, it's concerning to say the least that, that they're, having to come back and say, you know, we need a committee to determine this. So we, so we thought it might be helpful to um, uh, maybe try and, you know, cut out a year's worth of work for the SBC <laughs> in about an hour to an hour and a half and just talk about what is a pastor? What does, it, what does that, that role look like? Uh, what are the responsibilities? What are the qualifications? What is it? What yeah. is a pastor? Um, so well, I, th- I so, think I I think I believe him. Like the thing is, like I I think my reaction, maybe before we get there, I could just okay. uh, say my my reaction to it is that I um I I have a bit of a different reaction maybe than I think a lot of people on Twitter in that like my reaction to like them needing to put together a study committee committee to determine what a pastor is is I'm just like yeah well obviously they need to do that because they literally have no idea what the word meant. But then it's not something that's like news for me, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. So I mean, like the fact is that like this is something that like you know this is this is not like coming out of left field. Meaning like this is something that they've confused for a long time, and it's something that they like. I I I've had no confidence that they have ever known what what that word meant at all. You know. Right. Which is why you have like youth pastors and you have worship pastors and you have you know, women's pastors that have been a normal thing. Like, you, you know, you mentioned like the idea of like, this isn't just a, you know, a female pastor or something like this is like, these are not categories that ever make any sense, period. You know, in the SBC for many years, they have essentially put women in roles that um, are requiring of them to do things that are restricted to elders in the church and they've done that for years. And so, like, the whole idea of, like, a female Bible study leader is something that, like, makes no sense biblically. Like, right. the idea of a youth pastor is something that makes no sense biblically. Like, the idea of a worship pastor is that is not also considered an elder at a church absolutely makes no sense biblically. Like, none of it makes any sense. And what There's not a category for that in the Bible. For any of it, yeah. I mean, like, the, the, the Bible has categories for a you know, pastor pastors, but then what's happened is they've been playing fast and loose with this term for many years anyways. And like, regardless of whatever they call women, they put women in pastoral roles for many, many years. And like, wonder of wonders, big shock. Like now they don't know what they've done, you know? Right. And now it's like complicated to them. And they, you know, they've had women on committees for years that are picking pastors and making finance decisions and, and everything else. They've, they've, um, they put women in positions of authority within the church and they are, I mean, they have, they've had women like, like the issue is like, I could care less what happens with Saddleback. 
I mean, I could care less what happens with the SBC in general. I think they're a dumpster fire. <laughs> like, and then going to the convention is like a wretched hive of scum and villainy, you know, like it is like, it's a disaster, man. It's like embarrassing, but like, I don't care. Like Ichabod is on written on that place. But uh, like the point though, is just to say that they've done this for years and like Rick Warren or not, it doesn't matter. Like to, I, to me, it doesn't matter at all. Cause it's one of those things where functionally you have put women in pastoral roles the whole denomination's doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, even, even a lot of the guys reacting like the, you know, the good guys or whatever reacting against this kind of thing, they're doing the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I bet, you know, I'm not saying they all are. I'm just saying like, like the vast majority of SBC people have are playing fast and loose with this concept in general. So like, yeah, they absolutely have no idea what this word meant, means. And like, I believe them. That's the point. Like, I, I don't yeah. think that anything like this is not new. This is just revealing like, a profound kind of confusion that has been created because the SBC has a, like a habit of creating like what they do in every single way is that they make um, in order to violate the Bible, what the Bible says is they create these kind of extra biblical categories. And then, and then like those categories are, are not bound by the rules of the Bible. And so then they, like, so like, you know, if you want to have a, like, there's no concept in the Bible of like a youth pastor or something like that. Uh, but then if you create a youth pastor, then you get around all the biblical qualifications of a, of a pastor, right? Mm-hmm. And so you have something that's called a pastor that has none of the qualifications and, you know, only a bare bones kind of uh, expectation of what the actual role is, right? So you lower the standards, you change the role up, and then you create confusion to the point where, like, this is, a, like, the funny thing is that this is actually a serious question that these people are asking and it's because they have grown up and lived in a framework that has like no understanding of ecclesiology. Right. At all. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you're right. I mean, you think about it. All right. So, you know, the, um, former SBC president, Ed Litton, what was he doing? Letting his wife preach yeah. sermons on yeah. Sunday morning to the entire church, you know, and, and the justification was, Hey, you know, I was, I was, Ed Litton, you know, was standing right next to her. And so uh, his standing next to her was acting as the authority over her, which somehow allows her to then preach to the entire church, right? Including all of the men, which goes directly against what Paul is saying. You know, you've, for years and years, you've had women going to uh, SBC. Uh, institutions of higher learning and getting pastoral degrees. They're getting even. Yeah. And, yeah, and you've pastor. had Beth Moore preaching at, you know, conferences for years. Right. And so you, you like they're doing it at the conferences, they're doing it at the parachurch yeah. or level. Hey, and you know what you know what's the most interesting thing is I, I don't know if you know this, um I, but I, I watched the live stream of that whole presentation and the head of that or at least the one presenting all of the information, I don't know if she was the, you know, head of the committee, but head of the committee, yeah. Um, but she was at least the one presenting all the information. She was a woman. Yep. You know, well, that's the thing that like, at every single level you have like women leading worship who are essentially, um, doing so in an authoritative manner. Like, like, it, it's like the point, the point is just like, this is at every single level. And what you do is you create these extra biblical kind of things. So it's like, Hey, this is a parachurch organization. This isn't the church. Right. So we can have a female seminary professor at our seminary or whatever, you know, right. you, you are, this is a conference. This is not a local church gathering. And so what you've done is you've created extra biblical categories and then you do what you really want to do. 
And then like at some point it's like, oh yeah, now we need to go study this because it isn't entirely clear. But the problem is it's absolutely clear to anyone who has their eyes open and has their eyes open the whole time. Right. Like the issue is like, if you see what's happening, like, you know, I mean, I've, I've watched them do this game for years and years and years, and this is nothing new. Like this is just something that people are outraged right now by, but this is something that's been happening for years. And like the, the problem, problem is the SBC, it, it is pragmatic to the core. Like that's who they are. They're pragmatist. And you, you know, it's, it's like, I thought, you know, when I went to seminary, I, I, I'm the kind of person I went to seminary, but then I went to seminary because I had all these questions about the Bible, but I didn't look the seminary to answer my questions about the Bible. Like our podcast and, you know, in a lot of sense, uh, senses are, are the kind of questions that I've asked myself over the course of like years. And I went to the Bible to try to find answers to these kind of things. And I went to mm-hmm. seminary in order to like have an extra set of people who have been doing it longer than me speaking into that process, but it wasn't a process, like it wasn't as if like I wasn't engaged in that process actively myself. I mean, like all these questions, you know, what is a pastor? What is a church? These are questions that I've, you know, looked the, looked it up, looked up the Bible and, you know, read books and done everything I can to answer these kind of questions. But then like your standard SBC kind of person really is not doing that at all okay? no no they're <laughs> like, not they're not they're like not. they're not at all like even the people going to seminary they're not doing that kind of thing like they're not like they're just like uh what they're doing is they're going to seminary like never having very little understanding of what the bible says at all on their own and then just doing whatever they're told right yeah and, and then you know then they're going into these churches and just following the leader blindly following the leader and they've never just st- stepped aside and asked themselves like what does the Bible say about what a church is and what it should be doing in a way that I'm, I want to do what the Bible says first. I don't want to just mimic what's, what's happening. And so right now, like, like with the SBC, you, you do have a lot of like fundamentally uh, sycophantic, uh, pragma, pragmatic kind of people who basically are governed by pragmatism. And that's what, and, and so like what's happened is that at every single conceivable level, like they obviously don't know what a pastor is and they have, I guess, like this is like I can't emphasize this enough. Like this is not new. <laughs> this, mm-hmm. They haven't known what a pastor is ever. <laughs> you yeah. know? Like for years they don't. They, they obviously don't know what a pastor is, and it's a joke to anyone who actually does it. You know. And so like the joke is not that they're studying it right now. The joke is that like it's just now dawning on them that they have no definition of this. And, you know, for years and years and years, like like this. The joke is that they haven't been aware that they've been a joke for so long. You know, <laughs> yeah like that's the thing that's funny about it i mean the thing that's funny about it is it's just like you you guys like you have no idea what you're doing you know and you haven't had any idea what you're doing for years and and then the problem is if you're the kind of person who steps into that and says like they absolutely have no idea what they're doing you know it's just like then you're the cranky and you know not winsome and everything else but it's like they obviously don't know what they're doing like and and they're obviously not governed by scripture like they're, they're not approaching this topic like with the understanding that the bible is sufficient and if they were to do that at any point like almost everything they're doing has to change and they don't mm-hmm. want to go there with it you know because that doesn't make the people happy and get the numbers that they want you know right yeah and in my mind yeah we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording but uh in my mind this suggesting that uh a committee needs to be formed to spend a year to study, you know, what does the Bible, 
what does the Bible say a pastor is? In my mind, at this point, it just feels like a, what do we need to do to redefine the term into what we want it to be? It just feels like a downgrade, you know? I think uh, the fact that they're even having to do that is already yeah. an utter failure. Yeah, yeah it's hard I to mean, make this I mean a- in 2000, they already, they defined it pretty well, I thought. You know? and, <laughs> and Al, Al Moeller seemed to think so, too. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's one of those things where... Um, like it's hard to know um is this like um just an agenda to stall or whatever mm-hmm. like uh but whatever it is like you described it as a debate between whether or not you know a pastor is an office or a gifting or like this isn't a debate like a debate would treat it like with a level of seriousness that it doesn't deserve like there is no biblical debate for this like this is just this right. is just uh you do have you know individuals who are I and mean, rick warren is chief among them the chief pragmatist that there is, there is. <laughs> the and, father you know, of, of pragmatism and, in you the know church. <laughs> he says he trains you know 1.1 million pastors or whatever and it's just like yeah you know honestly i believe him like i, I don't <laughs> i don't know what, how he's counting that you know but 40 million people read that stupid book of his and like and they're all just like him you know they, they're right. all pragmatists just like him and he taught them all how to be pragmatist and so i would say that you know like I don't think that there's a million pastors in America uh, or it, that have been trained by him. I think it's a little bit hyperbole, but I, w- I would think, I do think that the vast majority of particularly SBC pastors are fundamentally, you know, wish they could be worn, you know? So, right. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you're right. And I think that's evidenced by the fact that he was let, you know, talk for, five or six minutes given the place of honor you know (laughs) but yeah i don't i don't know if the agenda is to stall or not you know but i just i mean i i mean i don't know if it's like a agenda just like let's form the study uh, committee so that we can you know uh slip in this error intentionally i mean i i think i mean that's probably what's happening but i i I do think that they are bone ignorant about what the bible says and i believe like when they say they don't know what a pastor is like i absolutely believe them because if they did they wouldn't be doing half the things that they're doing for years now right now i mean that's thinking the best of them you know when they probably don't you probably don't deserve it but i mean like uh, i mean it may be that you know they um um like saying it's ignorance is far too charitable and that it's evil you know Mm-hmm. And, and it could be knowledgeable evil. Uh, I wouldn't put that past him either, you know. But I do think that they're, you know, that's stupid. That they don't know what the word means, for right. sure. Right, right. Yeah, maybe I'm giving them too much credit, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think that, I mean, when J.D. Greer says, like, uh, you know, the Bible, like he repeats that, you know, from Jen Wilkin, you know, the Bible whispers about sexual sin and it shouts about oppression and all that. It's just like, yeah, I think you literally have never read this book before, man. Like, I, right. I really think that you are that ignorant about what it says here, like in that, like you didn't realize how stupid that was, like, and how many verses that there are that actually speak, like, you know, do not be deceived, the sexually immoral will not her- inherit the kingdom of God, you know, neither for caners nor idolaters nor adulterers nor effeminate nor homosexuals will inherit the kingdom of God and such were some of you. I really don't think you knew that that was there. I don't know that you know what Revelation says about, you know, outside of the dogs and the sexually immoral. I, I don't think that you... Like know what the Bible says when it says that all other sins are, you know, uh, outside the body. outside the body. Yeah, I just I don't think you you've ever read this book before, man. You know, I think you're getting. <laughs> I really don't. I don't think you've ever read it before. Not once in your life. I don't think you've read it. I think you, or it was so long ago you forgot what was in there. I think you're just getting your sermons. Uh, you know, someone's doing them for you in order to make you look good, and just a book you're totally ignorant of. But I think that yeah, I mean, I think that most SBC people are. Um, 
are pretty ignorant about everything that's in there uh, right. because they couldn't do the things that they were like i don't think they could do the things that they're doing if they had a clue like what's actually in the book you know yeah, I mean, I mean no, Al, could Al be Mohler just, didn't want didn't want to go there at all, you know. Yeah, yeah. and so I mean, no. it, it could be that they're just stubborn and evil. I just, but I do think they're just ignorant. I think that they are, you know, as like people like Priest. I think that they're ignorant, like, uh, and that, it's a culpable ignorance because they should know culpable ignorance. They should know better, but like, I don't think they they have any idea what's in there. Right now, we've railed on the SBC for about. 15 minutes or so um maybe, maybe we could do it a little longer you know <laughs> no we, we could we could keep going but but i'll, I'll stop it there um but well maybe I'll, maybe i'll get one more dig in right here but um you know all right so the sbc they they're gonna they're gonna put as far as i know that passed and they're gonna put uh this committee together to study what a pastor is maybe that fail i i'm actually not sure now that i think about it but I don't remember ever hearing about the vote on it, so I'm not sure what the status of that is. But you know, assuming assuming that that is the plan, they're they're getting ready to they're gearing up to put together um, a committee hand selected by the current SBC president uh, Bart Barber. They're going to spend a year studying what a pastor is. Tim, maybe you could. I mean, you could really help the SBC right here. Sure. You could save them a lot of money. Mm -hmm. You could save them a lot of time um, by, you know, in about an hour or so by just answer, answering the question for them. And then we can, we can go back and we can point everyone back to this podcast. And, and then, you know, that'll just save everyone a lot of effort, I think. Yeah. So, so Tim, say, save them time, save them money. Tell us what <laughs> is a pastor? Yeah, I mean it's it, it is a it's an embarrassing question to have to answer. Uh, <laughs> You're like the, this is insulting. <laughs> in this kind of uh, in this kind of context, it is particularly embarrassing. But um, yeah, no, you know, pastor is not a word that's actually in the Bible, and that may take some people by surprise. Uh, meaning, like that word uh, itself is not like a word that is used now. Like you'll find it, you know, if you you look up. Um, uh, like pasturing, you know, you'll have like shepherds in the Old Testament who are uh, pasturing a flock. And essentially like the idea of a pastor itself is the idea of a shepherd. So it's a term that's it's essentially synonymous with shepherd. Uh, so, it, you know, essentially this is like a old French uh, Latin kind of word in that way that is a synonym for shepherd. And, you know, that's really like if you want to think about the primary metaphor that God uses to describe like what you might describe as the office of pastor uh, is like this word shepherd. Okay. Mm -hmm. So uh, you have a variety of Bible, Bible verses at that point that are essentially uh, like biblical metaphors that you, that are used to describe the same role. Uh, so, um, you know, one of the, one of the primary words is elder. Okay. So like the elders who rule well, among you be uh, worthy of double honor, uh, particularly those who labor in preaching and teaching. So you have like different words that are mostly metaphors. So elder is a metaphor that describes like an individual who's obviously advanced in years. Okay. <laughs> so like elder, uh, you know, has a normal connotation, uh, you know, shepherd the flock of uh, God among you exercising oversight, uh, it, willingly, not under compulsion, everything else. So you have like the term, el you have a metaphor of elder, you have a metaphor for shepherd, which is probably the primary one, the shepherd one. Uh, but then 
you also have like if anyone desires uh, aspires to the office of overseer, you know, let they aspire to a noble calling, let them be tested first and all that. Uh, so like like the the issue there is you have like these different metaphors, right? So overseer is kind of a metaphor. Elder is a metaphor. Shepherd is a metaphor. But then they're all pointing to like this one particular office. And so there's a variety of descriptors there that are given. Like so overseer, shepherd, elder to the same mm-hmm. kind of role. Uh, and then, you, you know, you might describe that role as a pastor. That's fine if you understand that word pastor simply to be a shepherd, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so essentially, you know, you talk about, well, what is like that role? And I mean, it's not. Like, it's just the kind of thing that's like, it's not really all that complicated. You can, um, you know, look it up in the dictionary. It's not really all that hard uh, as far as that goes. I mean, even the pagans know what this word means. It's not like an overly complicated word, but, you know, it is a biblical office that's given. Uh, so it's a position of uh, spiritual authority over a particular local congregation that is given to men. Like, that's what it is. And so it's a like a particular um, um, uh, uh, what you might describe as an office restricted to men based on the biblical qualifications that you're going to find there that involves uh, individuals who are given spiritual oversight over a particular local congregation and then they have certain duties and responsibilities that they're given like uh, you know administering the ordinances uh, church ordinances uh, they're you know called to uh, basically uh, preach the whole counsel of God to a particular flock in order to present them you know complete in Christ, and so there um, you have like different metaphors as I've said that are used to describe like the nature of that role and that it's like a role for elders, it's a role for like it's a shepherding kind of role, and so you have a sheep shepherd metaphor there that gives you some insight into how it works, uh, you know, and then you have like the overseer role. A metaphor you also have like father metaphor so that you're going to find like um you know paul describes himself as a father in, in the faith to some um you know a spiritual father kind of role and so it's just a shepherd disciple overseer role that an individual is given with certain responsibilities to disciple a certain flock to shepherd them to lead them to uh, ultimately uh, present them complete in christ and so uh, that's kind of the short of it, but I mean, it's not really, it's not really all all that over overly complicated. So, are there has God given specific qualifications, uh, or like a you know, um, I guess to put it maybe in in more modern you know terms, like a job description or something or something along that line. Well, you have the qualifications that you're going to find in, you know, First Timothy and Titus. So there, there are those qualifications. But then, like the job description, essentially is like the, you know, you take the sheep shepherd metaphor and you go with it. You know, so you know what does a shepherd do? He leads a flock to green pastures, right? Mm-hmm. So like the job description involves, you know, you know preaching the word, uh, exercising oversight over a particular uh, congregation. You know, he's the primary, uh, the you know. The elders are primarily the primary ones in charge of, you know, disciple making within the body. Uh, they're called or their task to build up the body in love, like meaning they're to equip the saints for the work of ministry. So, you know, the minister is not the only one who's responsible to do ministry. He's to, the ministers are responsible to equip the saints to minister to itself, to build itself up together in love. 
So, you know, there's just, there's a variety of metaphors at that point that are describing the role, but it's a Bible teaching role. It's a spiritual oversight role. It's a shepherd role. It's a father and faith kind of role. Uh, so, protect uh, from false teachers yeah, too. And yeah. That. Yeah. Part of the shepherding role is to protect the flock from false teaching. And that involves like identifying false teachers and then naming them. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Like identifying them, marking and avoiding them. Uh, you know, and then like there's spiritual oversight within the body. They're, you know, uh, the ones responsible for, um, you know, uh, everything that really goes on within the church. But Right. And, and so what, what are specifically are those qualifications given? Um, yeah, I mean, you could just read through First Timothy 3. Um, so First uh, Timothy 3, 1, saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be, you know, above approach, husband of one wife. So, literally, one woman, a man there, uh, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. Uh, he must manage his own household well with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he careful of the flock of God? Um, he must not be a recent convert, or he may become puffed up with conceit and fall into condemnation of the devil. Uh, he must be well thought of by outsiders, so that he may not fall into disgrace and into the snare of the devil. So there's like a list there that you find in First uh, Timothy, and mm-hmm. you have a very similar list that you're going to find in Titus 1. Uh, but those are generally qualifications. But then for the purpose of our discussion, the primary one being he must be the husband of one wife, right? He must right. be uh, one woman, man, he, you know, you have he there, and then... <laughs> Uh, so it this is an office that's limited to men. I don't think Paul was talking about like transgender either, was he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, that would be a bit anachronistic, but um, yeah, <laughs> transgender is not a thing. You know, it's just right. uh, it's a uh, um, this is plain pretend. You can chop all the parts off you want, but uh, transgender people don't actually exist. <laughs> right. Um, so. Okay, so yeah, and in my mind, there's two um, pretty big points of contention when it comes to why this is even a debate in the SBC, and we, and we've talked a lot about that first one. Uh, we've mentioned both of them, but that but that first one, the um, asking essentially, can women, you know, be pastors or not? Right. That that's a pretty big. I, I don't know that everyone is um, presenting that as like the, this is what we're trying to find out, but essentially that's the battle that's being fought in the SBC. Um, I, 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 what do you mean? Like, um, you don't know that that's the battle being fought, meaning like the idea of a female as a pastor over men? Is that what you mean? Yeah, like, like I don't know. That's the battle being fought. I am saying that's the battle being fought. I'm just not sure that I've heard everyone. I I personally haven't seen everyone coming out saying, hey, we're trying to figure out if women can be pastors or not. That's what's happening. Right. But I, I just haven't seen everyone claiming that. I've seen them claiming the other point that I'll mention here in a minute. Okay. But, but um, I think that is, I think that is essentially you know, what's being fought over here um, right. and, and trying to be decided on. And, and really, on, honestly, just from a, um, you know, functional view, like it already has been decided in the SBC because, you know, like for all the reasons that we've already mentioned, you know, women being allowed to go get, um, you know, 
master's degree in pastoral ministry and being allowed to uh, head up committees in the SBC and make financial decisions. And um, yeah, I mean, if this was and, a serious discussion we were having, you would do that like with uh, meaning like like if this was a serious discussion that's being had, they would have identified it years ago. I mean, there's been plenty right. of like lady pastors in the SBC they've just been pastors over women for the most part yeah yeah and like you know so like this isn't like we've already lost like, I mean I, I don't consider myself I mean I'm not a part of a SBC church right now and I don't consider myself unified with them in any way but they've already lost this battle a long time ago <laughs> right <laughs> they've had they have had women doing everything that pastors yeah. you know are, are, should be doing for years uh, yeah and they've been taught, you know, by Beth Moore, you know, who is functionally, like, it's just one step. It's the next step, you know, it's the, ne- yeah, it's not yeah. only it's the next step, it's like the next logical step because essentially like for them, yeah, I believe it's confusing because they've basically butchered like, like, a the, like the distinction between a pastor and everything else for years. And now it's just like, yeah, of course, this is the next step, you know, like, obviously you've had like women pastoring other women for years. So like because you brought in the standpoint theory that seemed to think that a woman couldn't learn anything from a man unless she hears it in her heart language from a woman or something, mm-hmm. and so like you've done this for years, and this is just the next logical step that obviously, like you have to now make sense of what you've done, and that means well maybe there's some way to nuance it to get to this. <laughs> right yeah. like like to where like you know like yeah well maybe they they don't have the office of uh, pastor but then they have the gift of pastor or something like this you know right. Um, now the reason, the reason I bring all that up is just to say, you know, so where are we getting that it can only be a man then? Yeah. Where are we getting that? Well, uh, like, is yeah. it just cause like we just hate women? That's what it is, right? <laughs> <laughs> we hate women. Uh, we want to keep misogynistic. We want to keep wanna, women in their place and, uh, yeah. like, um, uh, I think uh, Eric Conn or something had a funny tweet like along those lines or something like women, you know, don't only exist to make sandwiches, but they also exist to, you know, make meatloaf and uh, <laughs> and babies. And <laughs> hey, yeah, they they get to wash dishes too. They also get yeah <laughs> yeah do the laundry, you know. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean the Bible. The Bible obviously says saying is trustworthy. If anyone who aspires to the office of overseer, he aspires to a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, husband of one wife. Uh, this is a a role. The office of overseer is a role that is restricted to men, and you know God has like chosen men to be His primary teachers in the church. Paul says He doesn't permit a woman to teach or exercise authority uh, over men in the church, and so we've. Um, like he called, you know, men to be his apostles, you know, as men who wrote the scriptures. So, uh, and he did so for a reason. He's uh, he's equipped men to take on this role. And there's ontologically men are different than women. And women are, yes, they're much more prone to deception and they're not equipped or qualified for this kind of role. And that's why he made men to do it. And um, so, you know, that doesn't mean that uh, men are better than women. Men are just better at than women at being pastors. And it's obviously that's true. I mean, men are obviously better at women than being pastors. That's why, you know, if you look at all the denominations that have women as pastors, like they're filled with all the rainbow LGBTQ nonsense because like men are obviously better at the job than them. Mm-hmm. And they've been right. designed by God to be. But, right. you know, this like the whole of the Bible teaches this. This isn't just something you find at one point. 
Um, you know, let the women like learn in silence in the church. And if they have a question, let them ask their husband at home uh, for it's shameful for a woman to speak. Like there's just all these verses that we're not allowed to talk about that are there. Right. Right. That have to mean something. Sure. Um, yeah. So, so I think that's sort of the, the first big, you know, it's a, it's a pretty contentious point that I think is being fought over even and one side is is willing to say that that's being fought over, right? And and that's the side that's saying, you know, no, women can't be pastors. Um, uh, and I guess I guess really quick while we're talking about that, I, I wanted I did want to ask you. So what is there? Um, you know, is there any sort of justification for uh, women being pastors over? other women only no <laughs> okay okay why, why not i mean that's 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 the point like the point is that there's not um um the like the, the reason why this is a discussion is because the sbc has butchered an ecclesiology like for mm-hmm. many many years like this is why they're discussing it and so like for them like that's a question like that you're asking you're asking to try to say well you know this is what they're saying. Is there like anything to it that is even remotely reasonable? But the problem is right. like the reason why they're asking that kind of que- like the reason why they're confused is not because this is anything in the Bible that is telling them to be confused. Okay. So like there's nothing in the Bible that is putting this point forward. What's happened is that you essentially adopted like a seeker sensitive approach to church. And it's like every age, every stage it's consumer driven. It's, it's uh you know, pull the audience, figure out what they want. And like what's happened is like the church has largely tried to, like it's man-centered to its core. I mean, and that's what Rick Warren taught everyone to be man-centered to its core. And so what you have to have is you have to have the church like segregated by age and by gender at every conceivable level so that every individual like gets something for them, right? Mm -hmm. So like your standard church shopper goes to church and they think, you know, what do you have for us, right? It's like, oh, we don't have anything for you. All we have is like the teaching of the Bible by an elder every week, you know? You know, sorry, you know, we're just yes. like, <laughs> we hate you, you know? <laughs> like, One star review. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, we literally, you know, hate your kids and hate your w- wife and hate everyone else because we don't have anything for them, right? And in a lot of churches, they feel like deeply embarrassed when they're asking those kind of questions. But like, when I'm asked those kind of questions, what I say is, well, we have the preaching of the word every week. And like we have corporate worship every week and like this isn't really about you, it's about God. And we gather here to worship God and to equip the saints. And we do that in the way that the Bible prescribes. And so if you, you know, don't like the Bible, then you're not going to like our church, you know. So we're not, right. but our church isn't about you. It's about God, <laughs> okay. Right. Like, but then the thing is like, so when, when you do that for years and you think like that you have to have like, like what's happened is you have a bunch of unsubmissive women who don't like men and like want to hear the Bible, you know, from another woman being taught. And so like in order for them to feel like they get anything out of it. And it's like, well, you, you have a problem with God's designed role of pastors in the church. What you have is you have a lot of churches who have essentially catered to that. You know, I've been at churches where like women, like they had to have their own Bible study because they would feel like, you know, cause they were divorced and they, you know, uh, all this stuff. And like, they would feel embarrassed being around like the rest of the body and they had to have their own little thing for them, 
you know, and then if you take that away from them, they leave. Like, but the point is, we've been doing that kind of thing for years, and so the problem is not from coming from the Bible. The problem is coming from our culture and coming from our society. It's coming from like a corrupted church. Uh, so when you read through the Bible, you have there's no idea, like there's no nothing in there that would even remotely tell you that a woman has any business teaching at church. Period. Okay, mm-hmm. like no business whatsoever. Uh, you know, like the. Like the passage that people go to when they're trying to justify this kind of thing is Titus 2. But then just to, like you, you have to actually read Titus 2. Like you have to actually read what it's saying. And it, and what it's saying is very different than what you think. Uh, so, you know, Paul says to uh, Titus, but as for you, teach what accords to sound doctrine. This is Titus 2, 1. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. And then notice this. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. And notice what it says there, to teach what is good. And so, so what are they to teach, right? They're to teach what is good. And mm-hmm. so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind, submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Notice what they're teaching. It's not doctrine. Like, this isn't a Bethmore Bible study. This is not even K. Arthur, you know. Like, this, what they're teaching is women to, like, what this involves is like, hey, let's pull out a cookbook, okay, mm-hmm. and teach you how to cook. Let's talk about a meal plan. Let's talk about a schedule. Let's talk about a cleaning schedule. Like, let's talk about like how to love your husband well. Like, th- like this, this has nothing. Like, this is practical. Like, this is practical domestic duties. This is how to take care of a kid. How to breastfeed a kid. You know, how to please your husband. Like, this is like that kind of stuff. This has nothing to do with us all have a Bible study on First Timothy. Like mm-hmm. at all. Like in fact, like the Bible says over and over again that women are to be silent in church. And if they have a question, ask their husband. Right. So like, the, like, but what's happened is you like, if they're appealing to the Bible at all, it's Titus 2, but it has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Like, you, like Titus 2 has like, there, this has nothing to do with anything like that a pastor is doing. You, you understand what I mean? Right. Right. Like a, a meaning like a pastor is going to be, you know, teaching what accords to sound doctrine and, and like older women are to take the younger women under their, you know, um, uh, whatever the metaf- whatever the expression is, <laughs> take them under, under their, their wing. wing. Yeah, they're going to take them under their wing and they're going to teach them how to run a household and to be domestic and to love their husband and love their children. And the fact is, like we like the church needs like older women to do that. And they're not doing that. You know, and all the women who are leading their Bible studies, they're not even remotely teaching them how to do the dishes and teaching them how to cook and clean in fact they all laugh at that and mock that as if they need more of that while like their house is an absolute train wreck and a mess like mm-hmm. the fact is we need older women to do that to teach younger women how to be domestic like particularly because a lot of them don't have moms that taught them how to do it they need to teach them how to how to do that kind of thing that doesn't come natural but like that doesn't need to be done in the context of the corporate worship gathering every week on the lord's day that is the kind of thing that's ongoing discipleship you know during the week uh, mm-hmm. kind of thing. And like, and it has nothing to do with what we're talking about whatsoever. But the point there is just to say that like, if you were to, like what, what needs to happen in this kind of discussion is we need to like, what, what we have is you have a bunch of churches that haven't been run by the Bible period, you know? So your standard SBC church is just run by de- deacons. And it's like, have you ever read the Bible before? You know, that deacon is a servant. It's, it's not an authoritative role at all. Now, they're being run by deacons, like, and they're, you know, basically run through majority vote, 
uh, and they filled with committees and everything else. And so, so we just don't have an ecclesiology and we don't know what we're doing. And like, we're just taking our cues from, you know, what these big churches are that seem to be successful and get the people in the door. And we're just pragmatic, you know, but there's, there's no, this isn't like a biblical case. Like if you were to think about what the Bible was saying at that point, like it, what you would come away with is that God wants the teaching office in the church to be restricted to qualified men. And we need to chuck, you know, the vast majority of the things that we're doing, all these programs that we're doing and all these activities that we're doing and keep it simple and just do the things that God called us to do. And, uh, you know, and like the idea that everything should be age segregated and, you know, gender segregated, it's just nonsense, man. You know, and like and most of what we're doing would like we would get radically a lot simpler if we would just do what the Bible says. <laughs> right, right. Now, the second point of contention um, is what I have seen a lot more people putting out there, especially the the lean like left and the SBC um, that are typically progressive, um, and that is you know this and we mentioned this earlier, but we we didn't really flesh it out, um, and that that point of contention is basically just, you know, when it comes to defining a pastor, the term pastor or the role pastor, um, apparently, you know, there's a disagreement on whether or not, uh, the, the role of pastor is defined by it's the function, meaning, you know, like the certain, the specific responsibilities you take on as a pastor and, um, and whatnot, or is it, it? Does the word pastor refer, refer to, to a gifting? Okay, a gift, a gifting, right? So someone who is, um, you know, specially equipped, you know, uh, to to uh, teach, to explain the Bible, you know, to lead people, whatever. So is it a gifting, or is it, yeah, an office, um, or or a you know a function? Right. Yeah. This is not a, you know, this is not a debate, but (laughs) it's, it's, it's not a, I mean, it's not a serious debate. I mean, this is not like something that is like a live question. This is a joke, you know, like, so Uh I want to register like my, uh, scandal at like that. This is even treated as a serious question. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Like this is a dumb question. Like this is not like, this is not like a mature, thoughtful, nuanced discussion. This is just, this is just being an idiot. Okay. Uh, okay. Right. So like, there's some discussions along those lines that you don't want to dignify as if they're actually discussions. And like, if this is, if this is a legitimate discussion, then like, this is just irrefutable proof that the SBC is absolutely a dumpster fire that, uh, you know, everyone should abandon, you know, and, and I'm, I'm happy to say that that's probably true like that, that we're talking about a dumpster fire here at, of, uh, at this point. But I mean, there are some questions that are not like serious questions and this kind of thing is not a serious question. Like, so, I, and I don't want to treat it as if it's a serious question. It's not like, it's not a serious question. It's not that, I mean, I can, uh, you know, I can, if I have, you know, made millions of dollars off of a book and, and I want to, you know, basically be nuanced and justify my rebellion against the Bible then there's a lot of people that are going to treat it as serious because money talks, right? Right. The only reason why this is being treated seriously is because money talks. It's not because it's like a serious discussion in the Bible. Uh, so when you look at like, like the thing is like what's happened is like the SBC has informally made this kind of distinction for a long time. 
And so it feels to people as if this is something that's like a serious discussion because they've made that kind of distinction between like a gifting and an office. So they've had many women who have are, are functionally operating as elders in a mm-hmm. wide variety of ways and a wide variety of situations for years. And so what's happened is that that's become normal to them. Okay. Like mm-hmm. that's normal to put women in roles that are designed for men. And they've done it for years and years and years because all that, what they've done is they've redefined, like they've made up new roles, right? So like a committee member, like the Bible doesn't say anything about committees, right? So, but then if you make up a committee and you put a woman on it, like then that woman could ex- be, you know, teaching and exercising authority over men in that kind of context. And no one thinks right. twice because you made up a role. And then basically it's just like, well, the Bible doesn't say anything about who should be on committees, man, you know, but like, but that's right. not like serious. Like that's not a serious point that's being made. What's happening is that's just the mechanism you're using to violate the Bible. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the so Bi- you're trying to find a loophole. Right. And that's what they've done with the seminaries. That's what they've done at every single conceivable level is you just make up new things. Right. And then you say, well, the Bible doesn't talk about this specifically. And it's like Jack Handy's deep thought that you just had, right? And it's just like, oh, this is, a, you know, what do we do about this? Like, we need it. Like, it's it's not clear. The Bible's not clear. It's like, well, no, the Bible's absolutely clear. Like, that there are pastors that he's called and equipped to do certain things. And so, like, the issue is you have two approaches to this kind of discussion. Like, you have a sufficiency of the Scripture approach. And the sufficiency of the Scripture approach says the Bible's sufficient about what God wants to happen in his church. And if the Bible is sufficient, then what you need, like what you do with that kind of perspective is you say, the Bible has given us everything we need to know in order to run a church, right? Mm-hmm. And so what you do, like when you when you go that route, then you look at the things the Bible says to do and you, and you see that Bible's called men to be elders and overseers and shepherds <laughs> and pastors, uh, you know, and uh, uh, fathers in the faith. Like you, uh, God has called men to do that. And so, and Bible said that you know the Bible. God says that uh, uh, I do not permit a woman to teach or have authority over men. So meaning, like, like you can if you're going to run a church with the Bible being viewed as sufficient, then you're going to say, well, what are the offices that He's given? Let's give those individuals the responsibilities that are afforded to those offices, and let's not give those responsibilities to other people who do not meet the qualifications. Now, when you like do that over a long period of time and you start giving away those responsibilities and giving away those, creating new positions and giving away those responsibilities, then you end up with a mess. And then you right. have to, like, at some point, justify the mess that you've made. But the, the issue is you made that mess. Like, the Bible, it's not the Bible is unclear. Like, you made a mess because you created a bunch of p- positions that are not in the Bible. And then you're using those positions in order to violate the clear intention of the scripture. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you make all these new positions. So, at this point, like, this distinction between function and, uh, or this distinction between gifting and office, this is not a serious discussion that's being had. Like, this is like individuals who've in, been in high handed rebellion against the Bible for many years now trying to make sense of what they've done. Okay. And right. what they've done is created a mess that's lead, led to confusion, right? So yeah, it's they're like, realizing they have to show the math and they don't know how. <laughs> right, right. And so then it's like, 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 if you're in a situation where it's like, hey, you know, like it, we've had women pastoring other women for years, right? Mm-hmm. And that's obviously okay. 
because we've done it, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's like, no way we could be wrong on that. <laughs> right. So I, I, no one wants to say that women can't, you know, teach other women the Bible in the context of a Lord's Day gathering, right? I mean, because like, that's a no brainer. And so then what do we do with that? Like we need some rationale for why that must be okay. But then I'm just looking at them and saying, hey, maybe that's not okay, right? Mm-hmm. Like maybe you did that. Be, like, why did you do that? Like you need to stop for a second and think to yourself, why did you do that? And did you do that because that's something you found in the Bible? Or did you do that because like you're living in a culture right now that basically has embraced standpoint epistemology that basically doesn't think that a woman has the ability to like learn from a man. And you know what? It's probably because you, you've embraced standpoint epistemology and because every single time like you have a Mother's Day sermon, you're like falling over yourself and embarrassed and afraid to speak to women's issues because you think that you're totally and utterly unqualified, unqualified to, to speak to these issues because you've embraced a secular theory that's warped your brain. Uh, despite the fact that, you know, Paul felt very confident talking to women and telling them what to do. <laughs> right. And Peter did, and, and Jesus did, right? And they don't seem to be embarrassed about any of that. And so, like, so what's happened is, like, you have, like, a church that has, like, violated a biblical ecclesiology at every single point. And it doesn't dawn them that they need to, like, what would, like, what is inconceivable at this point is that we need, like, we've, done so much that's violated the Bible in every single way, and now we're going to have to utterly change everything that we're doing, right? Mm-hmm. But then, like, that's the point. The point is, like, the right path forward is is not just to say no to Saddleback. The, the, the right path forward is to absolutely rethink everything that we're doing as a church, like, as mm-hmm. your standard American evangelical church, and they don't want to go there. And so, like, the end result is that, well, we have to now... Like what must be that the Bible is unclear on these things, not because the Bible is actually unclear. It's just because you don't like what it says and you've, you've found loopholes, right? And now right. after you've created a hundred loopholes to everything that it says, you're in a mess and you have to figure out, well, how do I get myself out of this mess? Right. <laughs> and so like yeah. Rick Warren is just like the thing about Rick Warren is he's just, he's consistent. Right? And like the guys who were arguing with him, I don't think they're very consistent at all. I don't think that they're the kind of guys who, want to shut down all the women Bible studies. Mm-hmm. Like I don't like, so I think he's actually consistent. He knows what, like he's, he's bringing it to the logical outcome. Right. And like, that's the point. Like he, he, th- this is the logical outcome of where he's been taking you for years and like nothing new that's happened. He's not going liberal. Okay. Like, it's not like he's, he's not even becoming progressive. This is the logical outcome of the secret sensitive movement. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. And so now, like, the only way to fix it is to totally rethink everything you know about the church and and to rethink it with a Bible in hand is the point. Right. And Instead you, of purpose-driven life. Right, right. <laughs> like, and, 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 you know, like, I know that that book sold 40 million copies, but, like, you like you have to rethink it with a Bible in your hand. And if you right. say, I believe in the Bible is sufficient, you know, I mean, this is, you know, man, I've been in, like, denominational meetings with denominational leaders and, you know, your standard Southern Baptist does not believe the Bible has anything to say like sufficiently about how a church is governed. Like it's mm-hmm. all pragmatic, man. It's all pragmatic. And like, like everything that's like, and it has to be by definition because all the things they're doing are nowhere to be found in the Bible. Right. 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 Children's church, not in the Bible. Youth ministry, not in the Bible. Youth pastor, not in the Bible. Worship pastor, not in the Bible. 
you know, female pastor, you know, female, yeah, you know, like uh, Bible studies, not in the Bible. They're not there, man. Like they're not right. there. None of it's there. Right. Uh, you know, authoritative deacons, not there. You know, voting as a church, not there. Okay. <laughs> Like none you know, of I, like, I kind of, I kind of wonder if the books like Purpose Driven Life are actually the Bible for those for <laughs> for a lot of the people in this. BC. Well, it is because the God is pragmatism and the God is numbers. You know, and the, right. like you know, I went to you know, I went to Master's College uh, in California. Now it's Master's University, but you know, going from there to going to the SBC, I was concerned that you know that SBC. I grew up always, you know, they're always so numbers focused and everything else, but. You know, I was persuaded that Al Mohr had turned the ship around and it was all great and it was all wonderful and everything else. But I mean, like their God is numbers, right? I mean, yeah. going to how sem- many baptisms? Yeah, I mean, it's just numbers, man. Numbers, numbers, numbers. Like how many baptisms? How many decisions for Christ? You know, mm-hmm. like they Southern. When I went there, and this was um, you know, two thousand seven or something like that. But I mean, it, I don't think anything has changed. But I mean, they have a Billy Graham school of. Uh, church growth man <laughs> like like they, like they uh you don't they, remember that in the bible no <laughs> you must have skipped that uh, chapter uh, <laughs> uh, like, like the thing is man like this is like this is a uh, like you go to you, you take you know classes within that school and it's just it's pragmatic as you get you know they may have good theology for the most part in the school of theology but you know their bill graham school of church growth like it's just it's pragmatism it's pure pragmatism they've lost the bible for years man and so, like that's that's what's happened. They've lost the Bible. They don't even know what it says about anything related to ecclesiology. They don't believe it's sufficient about what we should be doing with our ecclesiology as pure pragmatism. And so, like Rick Warren is just—he's just doing—he's just the next step, like the next logical step, you know. The pioneer. Yeah, I mean, and it's not—it's not inconsistent with where the church already is right now. Like the issue is that, you know, all the guys who are saying, hey, this is a step too far. I'm just looking at them saying that's the next step logically. And like, you're no better than him. Like Mm -hmm. you're not. Like this is just the next logical step. You've been violating everything the Bible says about ecclesiology for years. And so like, this is like, you're not any, you're not innocent in this discussion. And so you might not want to, like the thing is like, what does it matter? Like what in the world? Like, why does it matter whether or not you call a woman a pastor if you are like if she is doing everything a pastor is called to do within a church anyways right mm-hmm. so your standard you know, your standard sbc church they have women pastors they just don't call them that but they're women pastors they're doing everything right. a pastor should do they're spiritual leaders of a group of women who are doing everything a pastor should be doing they're their primary disciple givers because these women don't want to listen to men you know, okay like mm-hmm. they don't you know they want like the bible from a woman all right, and you you know, and what you typically get from that is a bunch of stories and a bunch of emotions and a bunch of excuses, like to not do what's actually in there. And, and so, like they've done that for years, and they they just don't, you know, they put women on committees for years, like they put women in authoritative roles for years. Like it's just they like they don't, you know, have the you know the spine to call it what it is, you know. And so, if there's anything I appreciate about Rick Warren. <laughs> <laughs> is the that, silver lining yeah is that he's at least honest about what he's doing you know yeah. like uh, in a way that their standard sbc church member is not like you're you're doing the same thing he's doing you just don't have the out you don't have the stones to call it a pastor right but that's what yeah. it is and uh, sort of sort of like how the uh oftentimes 
Republicans are just Democrats from five or ten years ago, right? right. Well, and that's yeah, and that's essentially what what it is. I mean, the, most the SBC is a pragmatic denomination to its core. You know, it, it is a pra- like, that's what it is. It's been that mm-hmm. way for years. Nothing has changed. You know, every single you know um, uh, one of these com- conventions bears the same point out. I mean, it's been embarrassing for years. It's been humiliating for years. You know, I, I get, it's 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 been that way. It's just a circus. It's it's a freak show. You know. And it's been that way for years, man. Like it's just like absolutely humiliating and embarrassing to go to mm-hmm. every year. Yeah. And like what you hear is like, you know, I question the people who who can go to that wretched place and like not feel dis- deeply disturbed and troubled in their soul by going there. And I mean, this there's nothing new that's happening. It's just this is the way it's been for a long time. Um, but. Like he's just, you know, he's just being honest about it. Like that's the point right. about what he's doing. And this is, I mean, it's obviously like you, you've had women pastors for years in SBC. Why don't you call them it? So, you know, just, yeah, be honest about it. Yeah. Now, but, oh, did, but, you, but did you I, have a little more? Well, I'm just, I, what I'm concerned about is it's like, if they were to shut it down, what does it matter? Like what in the world does it matter? Who cares? Right. Like, I don't care if they shut that down. They're still going to do the same thing. They're just not going to call it what it is. If it's they like, shut what down? Like, if 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 like if they were to, like, kick him out of that, right? Oh, disfellowship Saddleback. Yeah, if they were to kick Rick Warren out, and if they were Which, to... Hey, for, for context, Saddleback Church, I'm pretty sure, is the largest church in the SBC denomination right now. Yeah. Which is, which I, I probably should have given that context on the front end, uh, because I think that is a pretty you know, a pretty important, um, point in all of this, you know, they're essentially the, they're essentially the rich guy, right? Yeah. They bring in a lot of dollars. They bring in a lot of notoriety, uh, to the SBC. Right. And money so. talks, man. But I mean, if they were to do, if they were to kick him out, I, I could care less. Like, it's not a victory. Like, like at least like that's honest about like, like what I'm trying to say is like, they're like, what they need to do is like, this is a problem that's happening at every single level within the SBC. And like all that would happen if you kick him out is like you're playing pretend. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why is that like, you know, it's like, uh, you know, imagine an open marriage or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, at some point it's just like, uh, or, or imagine like, uh, you know, a couple who's fornicating with, you know, and they're not getting married or whatever else. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, like at some point it's just like, all right, like you're doing everything that a married couple is supposed to do. Right. Right. But you refuse to have the commitment that, uh, that marriage is, you, you refuse to do so in the context of a covenant. So like that name matters, right? Like that name matters. Like now let's say that you have an open relationship where like, you're gonna like as a married couple, like show all the benefits of marriage to someone outside of that marriage covenant and so like what it, what does it matter if you go all the way and call them a wife like a second mm-hmm. wife do you get what i'm saying yeah so like let's say you have a church that's just openly advocating polygamy it's just like oh that's a bridge too far you can't call them a wife but then like every single one of the churches within the denomination is essentially has like 
a second woman that is functioning like a wife. What does it matter? You get what right. I'm saying? Yeah. So like if you shut that down, that's just an exercise in hypocrisy at that point. <laughs> uh-huh. you, like, like all you did was just basically like, like you're just hypocritically covering your sin at that point. You're pretending yeah. like you're on the right side. It's like, you're not like, you're not okay. You're just scared to call it what it is. You're scared to call it what it is. And so like, if this is a victory, it doesn't matter. It's not a victory. Like you're just, you're refusing to call the situation what it is. Okay. And the situation mm-hmm. is we have a lot, uh, they have a lot of like female pastors in the SBC already and they refuse to call it that. Okay. Yeah. Now, it, you know, if Rick Warren comes along and wants to be the first to say, hey, let's call a spade a spade, it's like, yeah, well, he's right. You know, call it a spade then. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know but then, like, you know, th- th- what is that going to mean? Right. Like, well, that does that mean that you're going to absolutely rethink everything like, that you think about women at this point in ministry? Uh, no. Right. So it's not a victory until you do that. Right. Now, okay. I have one more question that I want to, I want to talk about as it relates to, defining pastor and uh that question is you know i i've heard plenty of people teach that uh, and this kind of relates to the whole gifting you know versus office debate quote unquote right um and what what i've heard a lot of people say is essentially you know if you have if you meet the qualifications that are given by paul um, and, and, you know, Titus, uh, first Timothy, if you meet that kind of stuff, then, then God is calling you to be a pastor. Right. So I, I, I've heard plenty of people say, Hey, like, do you feel called? Sure. You know, so I, I guess not only is it, do you meet the qualifications, but do you have like this secret, you know, right. um, something in you that you think is, is God telling you that you have to be a pastor. Right. Um, I, I went to one of the SBC schools and I, this was something that was definitely sort of, I mean, I, I took a whole class and half the class was just talking about that. Right. And, and I pushed back every single time we talked about it. And thankfully my, my professor didn't just <laughs> outright fail me for not agreeing, but he definitely, you know, made it known that he, he didn't agree uh, with my view on it, but it just, it just kind of feels like in the SBC there, it's basically just assumed that uh, the way you figure out if you are meant to be a pastor or not is whether or not you feel quote unquote called, right? right? Whatever that means. And normally it just means like, do you have a special like feeling inside of you that is, in, is indescribable? You know, I can't define it for you, but, if you've got it, you know, you know what it is kind of thing. Right. And, and essentially what's being implied there is if you have that and then you say, I'm not going to become a pastor, then no one, no one says like, Hey, you're in sin, but then. Yeah. Implied. Yes, you are. You are right. Yeah. Like the, the implication is you actually are because what's happening, you're getting, you know, essentially like a direct word from God and you're you're acting like Jonah, right? You're running you're running the other way, right? Right. right? So, you know, uh, if Jonah was in sin for running the other way, then you've you've got to be in sin too for running the other way. If that's how it works. So, my question to you is: Is that actually how it works? Because I noticed in that in um, I can't remember if it's if it's First Timothy three or if it's Titus, but one of them, you know, Paul says, uh, 
the person who the the man who desires the office of overseer desires a good thing sure. right so so it seems like that's different than what they're describing but sure. a, am i right in in that assumption or are they right in saying hey the the office of pastor you know uh, if you want to be an elder then it is this certain like you have to feel called not you don't have you can't just be qualified you have to be called whatever that means yeah uh yeah there's um um it may be that we need to do an episode on like the call to ministry at a certain yeah. point to kind of ferret some of those things out but um you you have what individuals describe as like the internal call and the external call and the external call is essentially uh, an offer to ministry and then an internal call is like basically a charismatic way of talking about like um, some inner subjective prompting of the Holy Spirit that, you know, is quasi revelatory essentially. So it's like personal uh, subjective revelation to an individual. And the SBC is kind of um, one of the leading drivers of this kind of um, confusion at that point. And so, like, between the internal call and the external call. Uh, and you know, I would say that like the internal call is not a b- thing biblically. Uh, mm-hmm. You have what you describe as external call, uh, but then the Bible doesn't speak of like an internal call meaning a command. Uh, so what what happens is, like as you read through the old covenant, old covenant, old testament, uh, you know, God calls by name uh, Bezalel and Aholiab to you know build the tabernacle, certain parts of the tabernacle, and that call is kind of like a commissioning to service. And so, like in in um, in in that call language with the Old Testament prophets, there's an implied command to go do something. But then to the prophets, it was audible, right? And so, what's right. happening is you have like a quasi charismatic, like mystical corruption of like this audible uh, orders from God, right? To what you now describe as some kind of inner, you know, command. And so, like this inner command, like is revelatory, meaning like if a person experiences in inner command right uh, it's like coming apart from the scripture it's just subjectively to the individual but then it uh what what happens there in that kind of framework is like when people think about it that way is you know they may not be qualified they they may not fit the biblical qualifications at all but they feel this internal you know calling that you know uh, command from god that is both like a command meaning they better do it or else they're in sin but then it's also kind of a promise of some sort of future opportunity, right? And I know right. many people who you know went to seminary because they felt called to the ministry, only to never be given pastoral jobs, <laughs> okay? Because <laughs> like uh, they m- misread that thing, you know, at some point, right. and maybe they were emotional and you know wanted to turn their life around and figured the only way to do it was to be a pastor and everything else. But like. So, but then part of how that relates to the broader discussion is like you have women, like if there is this such a thing as this internal call, then like people have to obey that, right? And so when you make up that kind of category, it's not the Bible. There's not like an inner call in the Bible. You have a man who desires the office of overseer, has a noble task. If you desire to do it, that's great, but you need to Mm -hmm. see if you're scripturally qualified to do it, right? Right. Right, and you have to have uh, you know godly men come alongside you and commission you to that for that to even be real, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, so like desire is fine; it's neither here nor there. It doesn't mean anything. It's just something you might want to pursue and test, okay? 
but then like because people view it in the charismatic way and it is a very much of a stronghold like the sbc is filled with that kind of thing once a person experiences it's the norm it's the norm and not only is it the norm they're hostile to the idea that they made that up too right right like they're very hostile to that um you know i've told i've been asked like countless times to explain my call to ministry and i'm just saying well you know <laughs> i desired at some point to teach the bible and so i try to start being useful in the church and you know a lot of people encourage me to consider doing it you know so yeah that was it yeah. you know? but that didn't feel uh you know as uh, like a deep burning inside my chest where i know that i know that i know that i know that i need to be a pastor or else i'm in sin kind of thing you yeah know? but uh, like the thing is though like if that's there then women say they feel the same thing and then that's why well who are we you know if the thing is from the lord uh, you know laban says you know who are we to say one way or the other right so like right. the woman has a burning you know in her chest just like i have a burning in my chest better give her some opportunity to do it right yeah uh, and so like that's but then it's just like well you know no one wants to say that that burning isn't real right right and so then like that's why you're in the discussion as it relates to ladies too and and you you do have to rethink you know everything you think about the call to ministry even but maybe we need to do a podcast on that at some point yeah i mean that's a that you're right when you say that people are just outright hostile to the idea that that they've made that up i mean i like i said i had to take a whole class where you know, probably half of it was just talking about like calls to ministry and whatnot. And we had to write papers about it, you know, and and, and that were essentially like what you're saying, describe your call to ministry. And so I I had a hard time. I had a hard time. Good luck. Good luck showing that from the Bible, man. Like like what you have to do is you have to take like literal, audible, verbal commands God gave to specific individuals and turn them into still small voice, quasi mystical promptings and it's just like this is like not exegesis that i'm doing right to make this up anymore i've left the realm of bible exegesis and i've now gone to you know uh charismatic spiritualizing like yeah like but i wouldn't do that with any other doctrine why am i doing it with this and the only reason why is because there's a lot of pastoral uh, mythology that has like uh developed around this idea of something that is just like it's turned into something that like is largely influenced by the charismatic movement. It's just like, right. like, do I need like Jesus to like appear to me shaving in my heart somehow, like, <laughs> and tell me that I better be a pastor or else I'm a failure at life for you to think that maybe I should be a pastor of a church? It's like, well, I don't want to make up something that didn't happen. Okay. <laughs> right. Uh, but then, like, if you don't have that kind of story, like your standard Southern Baptist person, like, of God almost talking to you, you know, or just as good at talking to you. It's just like, are we, for, are we charismatics? What's going on here? You know? Like, right. Like, but if you don't have that, like you have, like I've had plenty of people who are like, you are not qualified to be a pastor because you don't have that. It's like, I'm literally a cessationist, man. You know, like <laughs> I don't talk like that. Okay. Right. You know, like that. We don't talk that way. You know, like uh, we don't, you know, so we don't do that. Around we don't here. do that kind of thing. You know, if I start talking that way, I want you to stone me. Okay. <laughs> If uh-huh. I'm telling you the still small voice promptings, impressions in my heart, even when it comes to a call to ministry, please you know, pick up rocks and stone me to death. Okay, like right. that's the point. Like I, that's I would rather die than talk that way. You know. So yeah, you be- know the funny the funny thing is I in that I wish I could I I didn't think to look up 
uh, whatever the book was that we we had for that or one of the books that we had to go through for that class. But I remember we had to write a report on it, and I I was trying to like refute all that stuff, you know, um, and basically say like, hey, I, I here's you know here like do the assignment in the sense of like, all right, here is what the author claims is, you know, a call to ministry or whatever. And then talk about like, I don't agree with what he's saying. And uh, I would, you know, I'd typically have like a small section at the end of my paper. That's essentially like, all right, what, what were the good things about this book? What are the, you know, bad things about this book? And I mean, the bad, one of the bad things I remember saying, one of the bad things about the book was, there was no scriptural justification it's for not, any yeah. for any of those any of those claims that it's a call or whatever. There weren't even like there weren't even really like you know here's stories you know from the Old Testament or something that were taken out of context. There was a few, but there wasn't a lot. And I remember I, I remember saying like, hey, there's just no scripture to back up any of this. Here's some scripture to back up what I'm saying, but there's none that the author yeah. used to back it up. And the response I got was essentially. Well, at the beginning of the book, he says, you know, he's not trying to use scripture to back this up. And it's like, oh, well, all right, man. Because right, he can't. That you know, you can't. That settles it. Then, yeah, it's, you know? not, it's not there. It's not there, man. You know. <laughs> but, um, okay, well, that's all. That's really all the questions I have um, for you, Tim. Uh, is there anything that maybe we didn't talk about or, or do you want to, is there anything you want to, um, you know, summarize to, to close us out? Yeah, no, I don't. I don't. I don't think we should be surprised by the SBC and like where they're at right here. And I think you know when I when I observe what's happening on Twitter is you have a lot of people who seem to be scandalized like over and over and over again by the kind of things that are happening with the SBC. And I just I want to look at them and just say, hey, you know, what color is the sky in your world? You know, like uh, <laughs> like seriously, like I mean, this is like a, this is a cesspool of iniquity, man. I mean, I went to SBTS and it's supposed to be you know the best you know, Southern Baptist school out there or whatever. And they were selling heresy in the bookstore when I was there. I mean, this is a denomination that was, that's deeply compromised. And like, you know, the, I think a lot of people are just, um, unfam like unfamiliar with like the circus that is the convention every year. And I would just say like, just, we need to quit being scandalized by this. Like this is just, uh, this is a circus. This is a pragmatic denomination. This is a denomination that does, they could care less about what the Bible says on any of this stuff. Like, and like, if they did, like, they would rethink a lot of what they're doing at that point. And like, you shouldn't be surprised anymore. Like, this is who these people are, you know? And like, you, like, what, what happens is like, you know, I think you have like this myth that like everyone, like the, the, you know, the vast majority of SBC churches are just solid churches and like the conventions just, you know, bought by powerful people or something. And it's like, that's just not true, man. Like the vast majority of the SBC is not just solid churches who are teaching the Bible out there. Like they're just churches that want to be the big churches and can't. Okay. Yeah. And they yeah. bought the same kind of methodology. You have a bunch of churches that are pragmatic to the core and they're doing everything the big churches are doing. They're just not doing them as well. Okay. So people don't want to go there because they're not doing it as well. But they bought the same stuff, and that's what they're doing. I'm not saying that there's not any like solid churches out there, but like they're few and far between. Like I, I can't tell you, like I don't know any SBC churches I would really even want to go to. You know, I make can count on uh, one hand the amount of SBC churches I would like I would consider going to. 
And like in any location I've ever been at, like there's like I can't think of any in Birmingham I want to go to. I can't think of any like in past locations I want to go to. It's just like they're not like if you're a person who likes the Bible and likes what and takes it seriously and you know you don't want all the programs you don't want all the activities you don't want all the circus you don't want all the entertainment you don't like that's this is not the place for you okay <laughs> so like this is who they are like they're pragmatic people and yeah. like they're people who like they're like like you know coming from like you know master's university going to the SBC it was like like I was astonished by like your standard like the standard mood of the place you know you, it's it's all celebrity driven it's all like brown nose like the higher ups in order to get the positions and you know it's just like you know like a lot of the guys i was talking to at seminary just like their brains don't work like and like they're like they're just people who want to kiss butt and get ahead okay and like that was strong in the SBC culture to where you just like compromise is part of the deal. Like compromise is just assumed like as the mm-hmm. normal state of affairs that you just overlook stuff and make the peace and, you know, treat rank heretics as beloved brothers and give them hugs at conventions. Like that's the culture that's there. And, and like, I, you know, I, I, I think that anyone who is wanting to take the Bible seriously, you need to find a new home. You know, as far right. as that goes. And so, you know, I think as it relates to this discussion, like, is there some kind of distinction between office and gifting? Yeah, I mean, this is what they're doing in order to, like, um, try to make sense of all the compromises that they've made on these same subjects over the years. And I would say that, like, I don't, like, what what is frustrating to me is not, like, I mean, you, you can kick Rick Warren out and none of it matters. Like, none of it matters. Like, you're in a scenario where, you basically have a church culture that has violated everything the Bible says about women in leadership for years. Mm-hmm. And now it's just like, like, I, like, if you do that, all you're doing is it's like giving you cover to keep the status quo. And the status quo has to change. You know, like that's the point. Like the status quo has to change. And that just makes you pat yourself on the back and say, oh, we believe the, the Baptist faith and message or whatever because we, you know, we draw the line at calling our female pastors female pastors right (laughs) right right and it's like that man you've been you have female pastors already and you just don't call them what they are and so like but you know i i don't care to give you cover and like make you into the good guy because you draw the line at calling them what they are i'd rather you get rid of them you know Mm -hmm. so yeah but they're not going to do that like and that's not what's going to happen you know so i mean i'm not a prophet though some of a prophet but even if that went, you know, the, the best way, the best way is just you're going to continue to cover for a bunch of shameful things that are happening. Right, right. Uh, it is a denomination that's run by women and children. You know, women, <laughs> <laughs> like it is. Like, and, yeah. I mean, it, 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 that is absolutely true. You know, I mean, almost every conflict I've ever been in in an SBC church has been over children's ministry. Mm-hmm. It is a denomination where you have a bunch of people in child-centered homes who want who believe it's like a church's job to give their kids whatever they want because they've right. been like corrupted at public school all week long and now they don't love Jesus, you know, and it's your job to give them a volleyball and entertain them. You know, it, right. is, a jo- it is a denomination run by women and children for sure. You know, and, yeah. and the men there are, you know, spineless, you know, cowards. Right. But, well, there you have it, SBC. Cancel the, cancel the committee. Don't worry about spent. Don't worry about the, year-long bill that you're you're planning on racking up trying to figure out what a pastor is just 
you know, if you if you still don't know what it is after listening to this episode, just do us a favor and hit the replay button and listen to it again. Yeah. <laughs> but um no all all of that aside, um uh this is it's really it's really just silly even recording this episode talk, talking about what is a pastor um but i'm i'm glad that we can sit down and you know spell out these what i would assume or or really what i think are probably the you know the spiritual milk type things right right what right. is a pastor that feels like spiritual milk and i i would really uh, i don't know if if you agree with this tim but i would really just say if there's if there's people out there that are genuinely, genuinely asking themselves, you know, what is a pastor? I don't know what it is. Yep. Specifically talking about the SBC. Yeah, I don't, I don't blame. I don't blame them if they've been a SBC church their whole life and like it. Yeah, I can see how it's confusing if you've been an SBC church their whole life because you have a lot of, you know, obviously you have a lot of people doing a lot of things that feel very pastoral. Right. 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 <laughs> and so like for that kind of person, I understand how it could be confusing. But then the point, though, is just to say, hey, you go open up your Bible and it's not all that confusing anymore. Right. right. Well, but you're going to have to stand against like the entire SBC church culture. At that oh, point. yeah. There will be opposition. Yeah. Massive opposition. And that's and, I mean, that, I don't like that's hard, you know, because it's like, how can they all be so wrong? It's like, well, they, I mean where uh, you have to go to the word and say where are you finding any of the things they're doing in the bible and if you go to the word you're going to find that a lot of the things they're doing are nowhere to be found right yeah, yeah. they're just they're just made up and right. you know i i think the people that are the the especially really really what i'm talking mostly about is is the people that are at the top of a convention if they're genuinely asking what is a pastor we can't determine what a pastor is they just don't. They just don't need to be a pastor. They need to step. They need to step down. I mean, if you can't define it, you're not going to be able to. You're not going to be able to fill the role faithfully, and uh, and so that that's just that's my thoughts on that. But and they they don't. I, they need to step down. They really do, man. Like they. they no, I, I I agree. I mean, it's I like they don't. I mean, they're they're not pastors. They're like CEOs. You know, they're yeah. they're like uh, they, they don't know what a pastor is. Like you right. know, they're pastoring these churches of people that they are not shepherding you know right like they think you know like they they think it's okay to preach to them from a video screen from across town like these right. are that, those kind of people they have no clue what a pastor is <laughs> right and they they don't have any idea whatsoever like nothing they say i mean so they they are totally not not only are they like they don't know what they're doing they're unfaithful to what they're doing you know is the problem Right. And so all that to say, you know, we really do want to do an episode just on the, you know, the state of the SBC in general. And so that's something that's something that we're working on and hopefully we'll be able to get out uh, in the next few weeks or so. But uh, we really wanted to be able to talk about like, let's just isolate this. What what is a pastor? Right. And and talk about that, because that's a very I mean, very concerning question that has to be asked right now. And so, so we wanted to, you know, uh, I, I, and I also want to say, I do think like you're saying, Tim, you know, I do think there is a difference between the, the standard, you know, church member and the SBC, who's not a, not, not a leader, you know, uh, and uh, as far as like a pastor or, or really even a deacon, but just the standard, you know, um, the standard, uh, SBC church member, 
I I don't know that at this point I really even blame them if they can't define it right. Sure. I think they I think they should be able to, but but when you look at the leadership that's out there right now and and the way that things have been done, you know it it's hard to um it's hard to you know hold that against them totally right uh uh and and so when I'm saying that I, I'm when I'm if saying they this start stuff reading about, their Bible a little bit more then they'll. Yeah, they should be. They would realize they would be troubled, and they would want to leave. You know, right, (laughs) right. But really, the condemnation is really pointed mostly towards the the people at the top because they have the most responsibility, and they're just they're floundering. So, so all that to say, hopefully, this has been a really uh, helpful episode for you, and and maybe you're one of those people that is in the SBC right now, and and you you have been confused about what exactly is a pastor. Well, hopefully, some of this. Uh, some of these definitions have helped you, uh, and and really more than anything, my hope at least is that it clarifies just how simple the subject matter is. It's not hard. It's not complicated. It's not rocket science. You know, we're not we're not talking about uh, some of the more you know lofty theological concepts here. We're talking about what is a pastor, and and. It should be pretty straightforward, but apparently in the SBC, it's not. So hopefully this has been encouraging for you guys. Uh, We want to thank all of you for listening, um, for supporting us so much. And uh, it's really a joy and a pleasure to be able to uh, serve in this way and help equip the saints for the works of ministry. And so we thank you guys, and we look forward to having you on the next one. This has been another episode of Bible Bashed. We hope you have been encouraged and blessed through our discussion. We thank you for all your support and ask you to continue to like and subscribe to Bible Bashed and share our podcast with your friends and on social media. Please reach out to us with your questions, pushback, and potential topics for us to discuss in future episodes at BibleBashedPodcast at gmail.com and consider supporting us through Patreon. If you would like to be Bible Bashed personally, then please know that we also offer free biblical counseling, which you can take advantage of by emailing us. Now, Go boldly and obey the truth in the midst of a biblically illiterate world who will be perpetually offended by your every move.